You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as a family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. Our way back to our seats, I'll just kind of introduce, my, introduce myself a little bit. Uh, I'm Tony Ramsdell. My wife is Heather. Uh, we're on staff here. I just came on staff in January. It's kind of... Uh, thank you. Thank uh, you. I wasn't expecting that. Thank you. Uh, threw me right off. How, how, did, I, how did I end up here? Um, I was a corrections officer uh, for about 14 and a half years, and there was a plan in motion to start this leadership school called Momentum School of Leadership, and there were some people that thought I might fit that uh, job description pretty well, and through some convincing of your lead pastor, Greg Hurlbutt, who was relentless. Um, it wasn't him, it was the spirit, and I knew. I actually went and said something to him uh, after uh, an incident in worship uh, one morning. I just was, God just said, there's more. You, you gotta step it up. And when Greg, Greg came to me, uh, I, I knew that I was supposed to say yes, but I, I, I said no for a few weeks, and God just didn't let it go. So. Here I am. Um, so, the last few months have been quite eventful, I guess you would say. Uh, the last time I spoke, my mom and dad and Heather's mom were all still alive. Uh, that is not the case this morning. Um, we've had the, I would say the joy the pleasure of being able to walk them into eternity as they spent their last days. And Gabby spoke uh, briefly this morning about the joy that she feels. That's her grandparents, all three of them. That's the same for all the kids. Um, there's loss, but the just the un- Believable, undeniable presence of God when each one of them passed. Uh, Alan Jackson, some of you might not be country fans. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a true country fan. I'm a music fan. So if there's good music, I like it. And that's whatever genre you prefer. Alan Jackson did these hymns, uh, and we literally sang as a family, uh, the Grobler family, the Ramsdale family, as our parents were passing into eternity, right? Um, what, a, what a privilege it was. Um, so, you may have a paper in your hand that has three questions on it. And the first one is, what will they say? Second one is, what will you say? And third one is, what will he say? And we're going to kind of Maybe not answer those questions, but just ponder those questions. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Tom asked me if I had a baseball reference. I was a baseball player. Uh, the only thing I can come up with, Tom, is through all of the giving of everyone, Matt Hurlbutt, we ended up with a large pan of cornbread. Yes. Today is game day. I did carb load. Very heavily on cornbread. Thank you, Matt. 
Um, so if we can turn to Matthew 16, we're going to start in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what, you, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. So, you know, my, my parents, uh, even Heather's parents, didn't live extravagant lifestyles, uh, didn't have a lot of worldly goods, uh, but died with just richness, richness. So um, I want to share, I want to share a story that came to me as we were at my dad's funeral, something I didn't even know was out there, and it's from Baptist Press, uh, it's my, my mom and dad raised this in the Southern Baptist movement, and uh, thank, thank God for people that saw this area and decided to sow into this area. I'm a product of that. And so this is from Baptist Press. Lawrenceville is a kind of place that a man might go to feel a million miles away from his past. It's a place where one of the bigger buildings' sole purpose is, is to house road salt. County clerk's office, some houses, a bridge over the meandering Deer River, are about it. Population 1,200, so says the census. Good luck finding that many. Yep, Lawrenceville is exactly the kind of place where a man could go to get lost, especially if you're a man like Don Baxter. Name change uh, there. Rough kid, the roughest neighborhood, on the verge of jail time by age 18 and prison by 30, serving 15 years for conviction on three felonies, Brother offered him a rugged piece of property near Lawrenceville with a promise of a free transfer and title. That actually didn't end up happening, but I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, Bill Ramsdell, I know that guy. Bill Ramsdell, simple man, 70. Supposedly he's retired, but do farmers ever really retire? With a second winter coming, okay, so they had been here for a year already, obviously. Second winter coming, Baxter realized he needed for hay for insulation around his trailer. Ramsdale had already thought the same thing and stopped by with his old red truck loaded with hay. Baxter got more than hay. He got friendship too. He also heard a lot about Jesus. Bill was just a good friend, Baxter said. He and his wife Irma watched out for us, helped us so much. I didn't know what we would have done without them. He shared, he shared with me out of the Bible and Jesus. Ramsdale knew Baxter had a past, but never asked about it. He was just looking to love his neighbor. I thought I was going to shake less today. It's not true. Um, as Baxter's family started going to church, Carr, who was the, the pastor at the time, Started meeting with them in their home, walked them through the Bible, share the significance of Jesus. Baxter says he didn't have much use for God growing up. Now God squarely confronted him through Scripture. 
He told, he, he told me he just couldn't believe God would forgive me for what he'd done, Carr said. Carr encouraged Baxter to share his past with Ramsdale, but Baxter couldn't. He was afraid he'd lose the only friend he had. But within four days, Baxter told Ramsdale about his past. Then he called Carr to say he was ready to accept Christ. I got to his house. He was literally trembling, Carr said. He told me that if Bill could forgive me and accept him, that he was now sure Jesus could. Just think about that for a minute. I don't know what I've ever, if I've ever seen a person more ready to ask Jesus into his life. The change was immediate and dramatic. Jesus had done so much for me, he said. He forgave me, he saved me. He took away my guilt. He gave me a life. My heart was so calloused that the only thing that came out was hate. Since I have Jesus, I care about people. I don't think about doing bad things anymore. I think about doing good things. I want to show other people what it's like to feel God's love. Yes, Lawrenceville is the kind of place where a man might go to get lost and try to get a million miles away from his past. But it turns out, Lawrenceville is also the kind of place a man, can, man a place a lost man might go to be found by Jesus and find his eternal future instead. Evangelism is pretty easy for Bill Ramsdale. Just, to, just, just be a neighbor, a good neighbor as I can, and look for ways to point them to Christ. Let them know what Jesus has done for me. That simple, right? Yeah. That simple. So that's one of the stories, and I know it was a little bit long, but wow, um, I, could just, I could just be done right now. Um, those are the stories that's what they will say. That's what they will say. What will they say? What will they say when it's our day? Our day is coming. It's inevitable. Our day is coming. It may not be um, a situation where, you know, families gathered and we say our final thoughts and we uh, sing hymns. It may not happen that way. But our, our day is coming. And our, you know... Um, There was a quote yesterday about not being able to change the, the um, length of our life, but we can change the depth and the width of our influence. Um, and I thought that was pretty awesome yesterday and, and at my mom's funeral. Um, also, a woman stood up right as the funeral was almost done, and uh, everybody's like, uh, what's happening right now? And... This particular woman was a member of the Lawrenceville Baptist Chapel, and, and it would happen quite regularly. So I kind of knew what was going on, but everybody else, I'm sure, was like, what is happening right now? Um, she felt compelled to share a story about when their house burned. And my mom was one of the first ones there to show up, and her husband at the time wasn't saved two boys, and she was going to the church and building relationship, and their house caught on fire. So I, I don't know the, all the details, doesn't matter, but mom showed up, and long story short, they didn't have a place to live, 
And my mom and dad together decided, we know where you're going to live. You're going to come and stay with us. And so they basically redid the garage area and put beds in there, and they were with us for five weeks. She testified that that single act was the very start of her husband actually understanding Jesus and his love and attributes that to her husband being saved. And um, that's a whole other story I could go into. But again, what will they say? What will they say about you and your life? So, yeah, let's, uh, let's turn to Matthew 25. And we're going to read a few verses here to kind of get a picture. So we're going to start in verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money, earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip, called them to give an account of how they had used the money. The servant to whom he entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you have given me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this amount, so I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gather crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant, I knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least you could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take your money from the servant and give it to, uh, give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those, to those of us who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will, be, they will have an, abund- an abundance But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Wow, that's pretty pretty sobering, but also pretty encouraging and pretty exciting. Um, Why it's exciting and encouraging is because we don't all get five bags of silver, right? Some of us 
might get one bag of silver. Some of us might get a half a bag of silver. In our talents, in our abilities, in our capacities, it's not about the total at the end. It's about the surrender. It's about the multiplication. It's about what did you do with what you had. It doesn't matter what you have. Bill Ramsdale had bales of hay. Bales of hay. And uh, well done, good and faithful servant, for giving of what he had. The rich that jingle the change into the change to hear the clanging, right? The woman that gave one coin, who was more blessed? That's encouraging to me. We, we all have capacity and we, we, don't, we shouldn't be comparing to anyone else but just to the, the amount of surrender that we have in our heart. And are we willing to give that uh, for, for our Lord and Savior and let him do what he would have with it? Um. Another great question. So we're given talents. What are we going to do? Are we going to share... Are we going to bury them? Are we going to hide them? Uh, I, there's a story that, uh, I don't know if it's been shared to the congregation, probably, maybe not everybody, but uh, Isaac, one of Greg and Jess's kids, uh, was called down to the, the principal's office because he was sharing too much about Jesus and how... Uh, his friends were going to go to hell if they didn't know Jesus. <laughs> Send my kids to the principal's office. You know? Um, with that being said, so the question is, do, do we believe, do we believe that that's true? Do we believe that if our friends don't know Jesus, they're not going to spend eternity with our Creator? Do we believe that? Do, do we really, really believe that? How many of, how many of our friends, right, we, we haven't shared with because, well, we're, sca we're scared we might lose that friend. You know, I might lose a promotion. I might lose my chance for you you know you know what I'm saying I don't have to list all the things we've all been in those situations where we just held back because of tangible things that are going to turn to nothing but rust and dust when someone's literal eternity could depend on us just being willing to share in a simple moment or stop when you're that busy and give somebody some bales of hay. Or, hey, you know what? Our house isn't very big. It's not very extravagant. But you know what? It'll keep you warm and it'll keep you protected for five weeks. It's simple, right? It's simple. It's just a willingness to, and um, there's a sense of urgency. I'm feeling a sense of urgency. Uh, <laughs> a job chain. Why would, why would you, why would Larry, the guy I was talking about getting saved, why would, why would somebody, why would they have, move us into their house? Why would they do that? You know, it's a, it's a love you just can't 
explain. When you start showing people that kind of love, and when you start acting a different way, when you start speaking hope, when you start speaking life and excitement and not fear and not anxiety, when you start speaking these things, uh, people start asking the questions. And you, if you struggle to, uh, if you struggle to, you know, I've been offended by Christians. I'm going to tell you right, straight up. I've worked with people that were just over the top, in your face, passing out tracks, saying stuff that they shouldn't be saying, really um, repelling people. And, you know, I guess it works, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Um, but simply what I have seen work through the testimonies that we have um, witnessed in the last few months, just about our parents, um, it speaks volumes, just your simple commitment to Jesus, your simple desire to give everything that you have, as little as it may be, for the kingdom and just to show his love to your neighbor, right? Love thy neighbor. That's the first one, right? That's the first commandment, love thy neighbor. Um, I, feel it's, I feel a sense of urgency, people, that... Um, we have the message that so many are just hungering for. And sometimes we're just reluctant to to want to deliver on that. So it's our it's our actions many times more than our words. And uh, you know, we use words to Bible says that we should have a word in season. We should always be prepared to give an account. We should always be prepared to say, well, this is, this is why. This is how. Um, so my mom, she got really lonely, and she just, she was missing her husband, you know, 57 years together, uh, only ever apart for stints when dad had to go to the hospital uh, and that was about a two-year process there so well for the first 54 years of their life they've never they never slept anywhere other than in the same bed and you can imagine the connection you know yesterday it was actually said that the, you didn't say bill or irma you said bill and irma it was just bill and irma right it's bill and irma's house it's bill and irma's this um so she got to the point where she was just missing dad, and some have gone before that she was anxious to see, I'm sure, and the last couple weeks she started saying things uh, alluding to the fact that she was just ready. She was just ready to go, and you know, I might want to stick around and see a few more grandbabies, or maybe that green grass, and but you know, it'd be all right if I just fell out of my chair and went... That'd be fine too. So she was talking like this before we, we got the report from the doctors that wasn't good. Her troponin levels were elevated, means her heart's struggling, maybe a cardiac event of some sort. Um, her urine sample was not good. Her legs were filling up with fluid. And I, and I, I kind of knew that physically she was struggling more and more. 
And so when I, I talked to her healthcare provider, and she told me, yeah, this is what's going on, and then, well, they wanted us to go to the hospital. We'd already decided, Mom had already decided, I'm not, I'm not going to the hospital. I want to die in this house right here. I want to I spend my last moments in this house right here. So uh, I had the, prev- the privilege of being the, the one to have that conversation with her and say, Mom, it's, it's, it's happening, okay? I don't know if it's going to be hours, days, maybe a week, but we're here. She says, uh, well, I think we ought to just have a big hoopla. So we had a big hoopla. All the grandkids, uh, great-grandkids gathered in the house. And we are sharing stories around her, with her. She was so chipper at moments. Just her sense of humor just, I think, even got better in the last, the last few weeks. Uh, but she always had that sense about her. And that carried on for about three days. And then finally, she was, you know, she was really, really failing physically. And we were singing, singing those hymns, Alan Jackson, and she would be mouthing the words. No sound, no sound coming out, nodding her head. Well, it's, it was like this because of the condition she was in. Um, and one of the last things she said as she's listening to her crew having a hoopla. She was laying there like this, and I heard her say, I'm just so satisfied. What will you say? What will you say? I hope I say that. Um, so, let's, let's jump back to Matthew 25, verse 21. So the servant with five bags, the master, full of praise, well done, Good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in handing this amount. Matthew 23, servant that had two bags, well done, good and faithful servant. Doesn't matter how many bags of silver you got, doesn't matter how many, um, you know, talents you have. You can bless God. You can, you can be a good neighbor. You can help someone in a moment of need. You can speak a kind word. Uh, you can reach out to one of those that you would consider the least of these. Right? Jesus said, when you've done unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. When you haven't done it unto the least of these, right, you didn't feed me. Right? Because they're like... Jesus, when, when did we not feed you? When did we not? And the least of these, right? Those, who, those are the ones that, that he 
cherishes, those are the, that's the one that we leave for the 99. We're the 99, right? The one. It's the one that we need to be reaching out to. So Jessica, Jessica last week had an awesome, awesome message. If you guys were here, wow. Um, I'm going to pick up where she kind of left off, and she kind of left it with, uh, don't just go back to fishing. I'm going to finish that statement for fish, right? Because we're supposed to be constantly fishing um, for men, right? I'm going to make you fishers of men. And nothing, I love to fish. I, you know, I, I love to fish. I love to hunt. I love, well, I can't really play sports too much anymore because I'm fearful of what it might do to my 50-year-old body. Um, but those things are exciting, but I'm so excited right now about this school coming up and uh, just the impact that it's going to have and the impact that these last six months has had on me just seeing the fruit, right? It's about the fruit. And if we're not bearing fruit, we, we need to do a check, okay? We need to check ourselves. We're supposed to bear fruit. Greg said just one, right, this year, just one person. If all of us just focus on one person. And it may take a year to build that relationship, to get to that point where someone is comfortable enough that they, they'll, they, they trust you, they've, they've, they've seen the love of Christ, and then they're going to start scratching their head saying, what is going on with this person? What's different? And be ready in that season, right? Be ready in that season to give that word of, uh, it's, it's Jesus, it's not me. You know, growing up, growing up, uh, I, I, was, I was raised in the church it was never a question, I don't think, to people that I went to school with even, um, people I went to college with even, that, that we were church people, right? We were, we were Christians or, or we were religious. Some people would say religious, right? You're religious. Something, but something set us apart. Um, never, never a question of that, but... So many opportunities that I wish I could go back to, uh, to speak a, a word in a moment of, you know, people would show up at the house, because we had the dairy farm, and there was businessmen that came, and they, a lot of them were watching the sports, and the ball, and games, and everything, and, and I'm not saying this, please don't take this wrong, um, they would just say things about our family, that we're different, you know, what, what's different, and my mom and dad were never, they would never say anything that would uh, make you think it was because of how good parents they were. They would always say, it's, it's God or it's church. You know, depending on who it was, you know, you, you, they, would they would choose the words of, you know, well, if it's, you know, obviously if it's somebody that believes, you know, you'd say, well, Jesus, you know, it's Jesus. If it was somebody that maybe they, hadn't shared Jesus with yet, well, it's the church, you know, it's our, our families, you know, we get our strength, we get our, uh, so anyway, that's, 
That's what I want to be able to say. That's what I want people to say about me. And it's a constant process. I know there's been people, we've all made mistakes. We've all had those opportunities where, uh, you know, we've made it difficult for somebody to maybe receive from us. If you know what I'm saying? To say it politically correct, I guess. All right, you've been a jerk. And people have had, you know, you've made it tough for people sometimes. Um, but anyway, so just one person. We want you to find one person and pray and just begin to show them God's love and let him work in your life and just see what's going to happen. I'm excited. I, I really feel all the turmoil. There's always been turmoil, but the world's upside down. Um, you know, we've just walked through major stuff in our life, but I just, I really feel that revival's coming. I really feel it's coming, you know. The, we're, we're, being, we're being beaten down, we're being attacked, the world's on fire. Um, it's time. It's time to start sharing, people. It's time to start sharing. So if I could have the worship team come back up. Um, so I, I kind of, as God was, the, the first thing he placed on my heart was, what will they say? Because walking through the process and listening to the stories of what people said about my mom and dad and Heather's mom and the things they said. The, so, you know, God just dropped into my heart, what, what will they say? What will they say about you? Mark Estes, when he was here, really was a pivotal point in, in what changed my direction was, what kind of Christian are you? And he, he shared a story. The question, what kind of Christian are you? But what will they say was the question, and then it just kind of morphed into, wow, you know, my, my mom's laying there, and she's just, I'm just so satisfied. I want to say that. Ultimately, what will he say, right? What will he say? Will he say, well done, good and faithful servant? Regardless of how many bags of silver you had, What'd you do with it? What did you do with it? Did you bless people? Did you multiply it? Or did you hide it for yourself? What kind of friend, what kind of, what kind of Christian are you? What kind of friend are you if you, can't, if you can't share about eternal salvation and presence of God? Uh, just, ask, just ask yourself that question. What kind of friend, really, what kind of friend am I? So, three different types of people that I, I just feel uh, to, to speak to. You're living for Jesus. You're, 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 an, you're an example, right? You're living, you're living the life. You're in the world, not of the world. They see you. I just want to pray for boldness for you to start using your mouth and wait for that moment that is in season and share the love of Jesus with them. The other group is, you know Jesus. You haven't really turned the reins over to him yet though. You, maybe you attend, you've been attending your whole life. You just, you know, you just don't look a whole lot different than everybody around you, maybe in your work environment. Um, if that's you, I want to pray for you. Some of you, uh, I never welcomed everybody online. I, I'm assuming we're online. Welcome. 
hope you enjoyed it. Um, but if you're if you're out there and who what what is this guy talking about? What what's this different? What's this lifestyle? What's this Jesus? What's this eternity? Um, 2,022 years ago, I asked a young fellow that question the other day as I was trying to recruit him for the school. And he was kind of, I'm not even sure if I believe in God now. And, and I just simply asked him, okay, it's, it's the year 2022. Why? Why is that? Jesus split time. And he is the Savior. He is the answer. He is our eternal promise. He is our eternal salvation. He is the bridge that bridges that gap of separation from us and our creator. He is our savior. So if you don't know that today and you wanna, you wanna find out, well, I wanna meet you, Jesus. You sound pretty awesome. If that's you, I wanna pray for you too. And I'll, it's just a simple just a simple asking. Christ, will you, will you come into my heart change my life? Will you give me this hope? Will you give me this eternal salvation? Will you give me the love that this, this guy's talking about? So if, if any of that if, if any of that describes you, if you want to come forward, um, we're going to invite you to come forward. The worship team is going to play. And if you want to come forward and you want to receive prayer for any, any one of those situations or anything else for, for that matter, uh, we invite you to do that now. And uh, those of you that uh, feel uh, you are uh, someone that would be willing and, and uh, well-equipped to pray for somebody, we just ask that you would come on up and do that. So, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your salvation. God, we thank you for your promise. We thank you for this moment right now. We thank you for the, the bags of silver that you've given each of us. God, I just ask right now that each one of us, whatever, whatever amount of silver you've given us, Father, that we would just entrust it to, to you and your purposes, that we would invest it. We would share it, Father. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't be hesitant to speak to those people. Um, those that just need that extra bit of boldness, God, I just ask for that now. Lord, those that are struggling to completely give their life to you, to just be set, a, set, a, set apart and in the world, but not of the world. I just pray for those right now, God, and lift them up to you. Father, for anyone that's, that's uh, not knowing you and is searching for you in this moment, God. I just pray that they would uh, just submit their, their spirit and their mind to you and just begin that relationship today by just simply saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.